Welcome to TRS, Your Retirement in Focus. 2021, what a year it has been. Ladies and gents, as we're going to recording for this year-end episode, I cannot help but to reflect on 2021. Yes, the pandemic is still a part of our new normal. Yes, it still affects just about every facet of our everyday lives. And definitely, yes, TRS has continued to serve its over 400,000 members in spite of the pandemic. We have truly seen some highs and some lows, but through it all, the objective of the podcast remained the same. The main goals of the show are to empower, educate, and engage our members. And as we look back at some of the inspiring, encouraging, and empowering episodes of 2021, I can honestly say, mission accomplished. The episodes of 2021 covered a broad range of subject matter. As previously noted, the pandemic touched businesses everywhere, and TRS was no exception. As a result of the pandemic, TRS implemented human and technological innovations. Innovations like remote work, social media platforms, and even this podcast. TRS even opened a new office in Macon in an effort to facilitate making meetings with our members more convenient. Dr. Buster Evans shares how TRS stayed successful during the pandemic. What innovations or what are some of the innovations that you think have been instrumental in making sure the system has functioned as well as it has thus far? Everett, I really love that question, and but I'm going to put it in two different categories. There have been the human innovations, but there have also been the technological innovations. And I don't think that we would have been as successful as what we've been without both of those. First of all, our people showed great resilience and great character. When they went home and when they began working apart from being at the office, Everyone continued to do well, and they used those technologies, but, but I think everybody, to some extent, also felt like that they needed to step up their game. We found as a part of these human innovations, and I, and I love a statistic that I look at every week, and that shows when our people are working using one of the tools that you guys in IT provide, and that is our Citrix portal. And we've actually seen that because people can access our system and work remotely, that they're working seven days a week, oftentimes working more than just the traditional eight to five work day. Some people are working early in the morning, four, five, six o'clock. Some people are working late at night, 10, 11, and 12 o'clock. And, and I think that's been great. So I think that is a human innovation that has been enabled by technological innovation. So a little bit about the technology innovations that have made this happen. A lot of people don't realize we have a call center that has roughly 14, 15 people working in it, and they receive oftentimes a thousand calls or more a day. And it was so important to continue that accessibility to our over 400,000 members. So we've basically replicated the technology that we had on site to be available remotely for those people. Additionally, our counselors, whether they're our retirement counselors that serve people on site or whether they're our communications counselors that, that go all across the state, we have embraced a number of video technologies that allow us to be able to conduct video counseling 
doesn't matter where you are. You can be in another country. But if you're a TRS member and you need to have retirement counseling, you can schedule and you can have retirement counseling. So I think that has been in a second one. I think there have been some other things that we found that, that have been just fantastic. And we've embraced such technologies as video-based technologies such as YouTube. Just this week, we reached a milestone with over a thousand subscribers to our YouTube channel. We've had conferences utilizing these technologies where we've had more people actually in a conference participating with important information that's being delivered by our retirement counselors, our retirement specialists, and our communication specialists. We've been able to reach more people at a single time than we've ever been able to meet when we tried to get everybody in one room together. And I think that is fantastic. So there have been just a number of technologies that, that again, our people have stepped up. They've provided the technologies. They've supported the technologies and they've utilized the technologies. And we continue to try to create an environment that encourages innovation. We want to be safe. We want to be effective. But we also realize that by combining the best of both worlds, we're actually able to reach more people than we've ever reached before using the technologies that we have embraced, while at the same time going all across the state to meet with members who are working for our roughly 424 employers all across Georgia. Yes, I wholeheartedly agree with you. That is absolutely correct. Now, Buster, as we are transitioning back into the office, what offerings does TRS have for members? And, and are we able to set up appointments and counseling sessions? Absolutely. And we're doing things in many ways differently. These things that we are doing now, we're going to continue. It's going to be the way of the that we will continue to operate. But if you would like to come in and meet with a retirement counselor in the Atlanta office, you can schedule an appointment and do so. Today, I'm actually in the Macon office. With me down here in the Macon office are a couple of our retirement counselors. They're meeting people who are coming from all over, really, the state of Georgia to come to Macon as opposed to coming to Atlanta. So if a person doesn't want to come in person, we can provide phone-based counseling. We can provide video-based counseling. But if they'd like to come down and do it the old-fashioned way, face-to-face, we are so glad and thrilled to be able to, again, meet our members face-to-face. From the auditing and reporting of member accounts to pre-retirement advice from actual members, we covered a variety of topics. How do our call center agents assist with TRS account issues such as password resets, troubleshooting, or TRS ID requests that you mentioned previously? Yeah, yeah. So um, they're able to do all those things. The, uh, the member will call in. They have to go through the verification process, of course. We want to make sure that you know, we keep everything secure. That's very important. And so once they've gone through the verification process, if they need assistance, uh, we can do account resets online. They help people get their TRS ID numbers. Uh, sometimes they'll submit requests for, um, you know, different work items. Um, and we handle all of those types of things. They help folks complete online retirement or refund applications. They're actually really great with that. They, um, they basically will walk people all the way through and provide additional instructions with each screen if they need to do that. They help them register for things like uh, our communications events or if folks need an individual counseling appointment, they'll help with that. So, yeah, they're, they're great to do whatever they need to do um, for the member. 
Okay. Is there any information that a member should have available when calling our agents? Yeah, yeah. If they know their TRS ID number, that's um, that's really helpful. Uh, as I said before, account security is very important. So they go through an identity verification process with each caller before they go into any account details, of course. Um, so it's really great if they know their TRS ID. If they don't, um, we can, of course, pull the account up by the social security number. But uh, we, we do try, because a lot of people feel very sensitive about that for obvious reasons, we do try to uh, ask them for their TRS ID first. Excellent. Well, let's focus next on the employer services team. So describe for our listeners the function of the employer services division. So their primary responsibility is collecting and posting all contributions from our members each month. They get submitted once a month by the employer and uh, they resolve any reporting discrepancies that may exist. Um, they handle account audits that might come up and then, of course, help our employers with just any kinds of questions they may have in working with their, their TRS information. Which employers does TRS work with in the Employer Services Division? Okay. Um, yeah, right now we have about 425 reporting employers, and that number includes the K-12 through public school systems, um, all the public uh, colleges and universities in the state of Georgia, technical colleges, some of the libraries, um, RESAs, which it's an acronym, and that basically uh, stands for the Regional Educational um, Assistance Groups. Um, that's not exactly it, but, but the RESAs help out all the K-12 school systems. Um, charter schools are, are part of our group of reporting employers. And in some cases, we even have folks who work for state agencies. If they were already vested in TRS when they went to work for that agency, they have the option to remain a member of TRS. So what are the reasons that audits are conducted? Well, I mean, we're auditing on a monthly basis, really. When you when you think about the reporting process, this is sort of an this is a, an audit in in some capacity. But if a member observes that there's something not quite right with their account, they can request an audit. Audits are done by retirement counselors, um, retirement specialists throughout the building if they observe something that may be a little bit off with someone's account or they have questions about extra salary for a particular month or less than half time salary for a particular month, they can ask us to do an audit and we'll contact their employers, ask them questions if there are anomalies and try to get things resolved. Okay. Audits are really ongoing month yeah, to month. And then, that's right. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, that's right. That's exactly it. They're, they're an ongoing process. We, we audit those accounts all the time, really, especially at toward the end of retirement or when you're getting closer to certain milestones. I would recommend to any um, member to go ahead and, you know, make sure that they're looking at their account at least once or twice a year to make sure things look accurate. Early retirement advice is always a very popular topic, and we share content on that subject matter as well. What advice would you give members considering early retirement? Okay, well, Everett, oh, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> members their benefits permanently reduced by one-twelfth of 7% for each month they are below age 60 or 7% for each year or a fraction of a year they are below 30 years of service. 
So since they will have a permanent penalty, I would advise them to, you know, call the TRS office or log on and request a benefit estimate with and without the penalty, because that's mm -hmm. how you can, you know, truly see how it impacts your benefit. So that is some advice I would give to just see the benefit amount with and without, because, you know, Sometimes that makes it easier to make that decision of whether you want to take that early retirement penalty or not. We not only got advice from TRS staff members Paige Donaldson, Nikki Morse, and Cherie Brown, but we also had an actual retired member, Mrs. Rhonda Lasty, to share her hints, advice, and observations. For those that are transitioning into retirement here really soon or right now, what would you advise them to do to prepare for the life of retiree? Again, you did mention be aware of your finances, look at your incomes, yes. your debt, and things like that. And would you like to share anything else along those lines with people transitioning into retirement? Yeah, I, I would say they, they do need to check into insurance, health insurance, and again, heads of household and your losing your insurance benefit from your employer, then what are you going to do? And how much is it going to cost? And are you able to afford that? Because you really do need some health insurance. And so if you are, of course, if you reach the age of 65, yes, you qualify for Medicaid, but there are other insurances that you need. And in addition to the Medicaid that you qualify, I would just say, that would be really important to look into what things are you losing by not working anymore and how would that impact your retirement income if you're having to cut that pie, <laughs> that mm -hmm. smaller pie, how much are you having to do? So I, I'm trying to think what else besides health insurance is even expenses, things like what something as simple as your car. How old is your car? And when you retire, you don't want to take on a, a car note, a new car mm -hmm. note. So what do you need to do before you actually make that decision? Make some plans about what you're doing with your expenses. The car note is the one, the big one that I can think of. But yeah, there are expenses that you will incur as a result of retiring that really will impact your household expenses or income. And so that's what I would say. Just make sure you look into everything. What benefits did you have from work that you no longer will have when you're not working? And the other side of that is what things would you like to do now that you no longer have to go to work every day mm -hmm. uh, that you'll be able to afford? Plan some things because and like I told you, I'm a licensed clinical social worker. One of the things that we would work with the elderly is they may retire, but if they can't afford to do anything or if they lose contact with their coworkers, who are they interacting with? And what can they afford to do? Like I spoke about my two sons and their families who live in San Diego which is quite an expense, but that's just part of our budget <laughs> that we are going to San Diego and see them. So 
it's really, really important that you recognize that you still want to have a life and now you have the time, but do you have the money for it? We learned about the importance of getting and keeping your finances in order as we continue on our paths to retirement. We presented episodes on the various TRS plan options, and we even presented content on the ERS benefit tiers or plan options too. TRS's Jerry LeBlanc and ERS's Jim Potvin shared great insight on the various plans. As a new member, what do I need to know about the plan options right now? So that's a very good question because in the thought process of that question, it's, well, I'm nowhere near retirement eligibility. So what do I need to be concerned about as far as the plan options go? So first and foremost, there's not a plan option that you are under currently. So you're not making any kind of definitive official decision until in actuality at earliest six months prior to the retirement date. So you've got plenty of time in that particular scenario to figure out what works out best for you personally, as well as family situation. The reason why it is important to have an idea of how the plan options work is in your planning preparation long-term. So initially, let's speak to this question from a new hire, just starting off my career type of individual. Maybe I'm single, I don't have any dependents, I don't have anyone else that I need to be concerned with financially. There's a plan called Plan A Maximum, which at the time of retirement, as it kind of sounds like, is going to pay that individual the most that they can draw based on their high average salary and their years of service. So that's really, I'm just concerned with my own financial situation. But foreseeably, things will change in individuals' lives where Maybe they started off their career single, they're married maybe five, 10 years down the road, maybe mm-hmm. children come along. So then there are different option plans that they may want to consider based on those circumstances. There's a plan option that not only provides a monthly benefit to the uh, retiree, but mm-hmm. also provides survivorship benefits on a monthly basis, potentially for beneficiaries as well. So again, in your planning preparation, you want to be thinking about not just what my current situation is, but what my future situation will be as well. And we've got a litany of different plan options that are available for all phases of your life and career. When I first started at TRS, I would hear comments like, oh yeah, she's under the old plan or he's under the new plan. Would you mind explaining the differences between the ERS old plan, new plan, and the hybrid GSEPs retirement plans? Sure, absolutely. So the ERS uh, over time has been divided up into three distinct benefit tiers. What we refer to as the old plan was the plan that was in place from 1950 at our inception through 1982. Um, That had a uh, benefit structure that was a little bit more uh, robust than the ones that we have in the later tiers, uh, including a provision where if you had 34 years of service, you could retire immediately and receive service as if you had worked until age 65. So uh, there was potential for long-term employees, especially uh, to receive a very nice benefit from the ERS old plan. In 1982, 
uh, the General Assembly passed what we call the new plan. Uh, that was in place from 82 through the end of 2008. And that was a pretty basic 2% times years of service times final average pay plan, very similar to the basic formula for the teacher's retirement system, as a matter of fact. And then in 2009, uh, that was when the, the what you call the hybrid GSEPs tier uh, became uh, effective. And what it really is, is it's two plans. So we have a pension plan still, but it's a 1% times service times final average pay. So it's about half of what the new plan was. But to uh, enhance it, we also have the 401k plan, which includes an employer match of up to 3% of pay if the member will save at least 5%. Most people know that teachers and educators don't do what they do for the money. That's a fact. However, this year, we learned that as a Georgia educator, you are one of the wealthiest retirees in the United States. Danny Kopke of The Wealthy Teacher and Dale Alexander of Million Dollar Wagon shared their thoughts. What is the mission of The Wealthy Teacher and what was the reasoning behind creating that platform? Sure. Um, so, you know, there are studies and they vary you know, over the course of, of years, but there was one I read that just struck me. It was done by the NEA and it showed that like 50% of teachers were quitting the profession within five years. And that was partially due to low pay. And, you know, for me, I know what it is to be a teacher and it's a calling. Most of us don't get into it for the money. And if you're a teacher and got into it for the money, some college professor lied to you along the way, right? <laughs> um, so, uh, so, so I just wanted to show others, you know, you can do it. So kind of going back to our story. So after we moved home from Poland, at that time we lived in Florida. So Tracy taught two years and then we had our first daughter, Ava. And then Tracy really wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. So she ended up being able to stay at home for eight years. And we added Ella a few years after Ava. So she didn't go back to work into teaching until Ella was in first grade. So stayed at home for eight years on my teacher's salary. And it ranged, you know, it was about 42000 to like $44,000 a year over the course of those eight years. But despite that, here we sit right now, we have no debt except our mortgage. We are on track for retirement. We have a more than one year emergency fund in place. But most importantly, we live wealthy lives on a moderate income. And you know, Tracy did go back to work full time, like I said, when Ella was in first grade. And she was teaching second grade. And Tracy's a great teacher, one teacher of the year numerous times. So she devotes a lot to it. And it was just over the course of those couple of years, it was just too much, um, you know, just the stress level. It was, and you teachers listening, I mean, I know I'm preaching to the choir. Um, it, it's, you know, it's, it's such a hard, sometimes a hard career with, with the time and energy invested. So after three years of teaching full time, I'm like, something's going to have to change here. So Tracy actually went back and started working part time as a technology coach at her school. And she did that for three years. So we basically took a 50% salary cut for her to do that. But once again, we were able to do so because our finances were in order. And, you know, and that's kind of my mission rate, it, it, not even just for teachers. And obviously that's who I'm speaking to on, on this podcast, but just anyone in general, it's like when you have your finances in order, then you're able to take advantage of opportunities that come your way or do what you feel you are supposed to do. And you don't really have to think about the income potential necessarily. So just one of those things that, um, you know, for, for me, I just want to show others if this school, former school teacher can do it, they can 
can too. And, you know, for me, pretty much I am self-taught. Uh, I never, like most of us, ever took a finance class in my life, but mm -hmm. it was able to do so and figured it out. And that's kind of my main mission is just, you know what, if I can do it, you can do it as well. Today joining us is Dale Alexander, the president and founder of Alexander and Company. Your million dollar wagon video is a big hit amongst our members. First of all, everybody can go see this at milliondollarwagon.com, milliondollarwagon.com. Uh, we have it closed caption if anyone should need that as well. So uh, this was super exciting to produce. Uh, million Dollar Wagon is, I had a burden just for the narrative that you always hear that educators have such a bad financial career. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's just not true. And I, I've just, I've had this on my heart for a long time. And I heard an example of one of my friends that works for insurance in a large school system. Somebody came and talked to him. It's on the video. You'll understand when I say this. And when this, this employee said what she said, that's in the video, I said, I'm going to set out to tell this story. And it's super compelling. The main point of the video is that being a Georgia public educator makes you among the wealthiest retirees in the United States. Wow. Now, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you don't hear that story. Wow. You hear the opposite of that story. And I got just one day, I just got infuriated. I said, that's a lie. That's mm. not true. And I wanted to flip the script on that. And when you compare being a Georgia public educator to the security that the corporate world gives you, it's not even close. <laughs> and it's not just, and this is all outlined, it's a nine-minute video, milliondollarwagon.com. It's a nine-minute video. And we, in fact, I'm looking at the wagon. It's here in our conference room with the big bank, of, you know, the bank bag on top of it. It looks like it's filled with money. Everybody will understand when they go watch it. And it's not just the retirement income aspect, like teacher retirement. It's not only that. It's health insurance that you get. It's the quality of work. It's the quality of life. It's your influence on the, on the future. I mean, many other things. And I cover them in the video. Again, it's only nine minutes long. And if you haven't seen milliondollarwagon.com, A, it will encourage and motivate you in the career field that you chose or you have chosen. And second, if you know somebody contemplating education, I'm going to tell you, it might inspire them to take that path. Because people think, well, I'm going to go work in the corporate world and just spoiler alert, as a Georgia public educator, on the averages, you will be five to 14 times wealthier than the average corporate retiree in the United States. It's not even close. Wow. <laughs> it's a fascinating story. And hopefully you can get this message out to your members to show them, I mean, their work that they did uh, a was not in vain. It had a huge impact and influence, not only on generations of kids, but even in their financial life. And I just wanted to encourage and inspire your members what they have, because it's phenomenal. Ladies and gents, we truly do appreciate your listenership. 
It is our sincere hope that you will continue to listen, support, and interact with the podcast in 2022. Our email address is podcast at trsga.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at trsga.com. You are always welcome to send us your feedback, questions, and comments. Rest assured that they will definitely be responded to or taken into consideration. We look forward to continuing to bring empowering content, and we invite you to share our podcast with your family members and your friends. It is our hope that you will remain diligent in being safe and smart, both now and in the new year, and we wish you and your family all the best that the new year will bring. Join us next time, next year, for TRS, your retirement in focus.